Welcome to the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Jack Campbell on waivers right now. The Edmonton Oilers are a team in the National Hockey League, barely. Plus, you can listen as well as you hear, but the Edmonton Oilers players who wear the oil drop are testing that theory. It can't possibly be this hard. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call 1-833-401-1440. Twitter at Low Tide and Declan Kruger. The world's in flames, and the Edmonton Oilers are not giving you the entertainment that they require you to pay a lot of dollars for. That's the bottom line. This isn't a good product. It just isn't. You pay a lot of money to go. You buy cable. You have an opportunity to watch the team. You pay attention. You buy the product. to buy the clothing. And on the other side of that, th- their part of the deal is to be good especially after the 15 years of suck that you saw. So whatever they're doing and whatever they're trying and whatever deployment they have zone man-to-man, I don't care what it is, it's not that hard. When you're getting outplayed every damn night and everybody's talking about the goaltending and it sucks, Jack Campbell's on waivers today. But holy Lord, you can work. Do you remember back in the summer and into the fall when I mentioned the deployment of the defense didn't matter? What did I say? I said it's execution. You know, Evan Bouchard is like a house on the side of the road. That's all he is. And you're, the other team's the Greyhound bus flying by if there was Greyhound buses in Western Canada. And Vincent DeHarnay, I like him. He's having a bad run here. You can't wave everybody. They've waved Jack Campbell. They need to do more. I don't, I mean, let's not even talk about playoffs. Let's just talk about playing a structured game where you lose 2-1. This is an abomination. It's got to stop. I'm in the business of being entertaining. I don't feel like being entertaining today. I feel like people are getting robbed when they pay for tickets. Connor McDavid isn't himself. Bottom line. I know he covers up for a lot. I know that. I've watched him. But the fact that Connor McDavid isn't 100% right now should not make this team this bad. And the coach is going to pay the price, but he shouldn't. This team doesn't have enough players because of the cap. This team apparently is unable to play defense after playing pretty damn well last spring. And it's a disaster. You know, every time this used to get bad, I'd quote the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, the gales of November come early. Does anybody know where the love of God goes when the waves turn the minutes to hours? I could give you daily updates on the Donner Party when they were trekking to California. I can talk about the saddest songs I've ever heard. Uh, Angel from Montgomery is the saddest. But I don't want to. This isn't right. This runs counter with everything we know. I've watched sports since the 60s. The Edmonton Oilers playing this bad right now is wrong. It is absolutely wrong. I don't know what they did this summer. I don't know what they did this fall. I don't know who's talking to the players that wasn't talking last year. I don't know why people aren't listening to Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. But I am telling you, this is wrong. This isn't, it's hockey for God's sake. What should Daryl Cates do? 
that's what we should talk about today. Like, should he fire everybody? And you can say, well, get rid of Ken Hall. Well, Ken Hall makes five mil. If I was Daryl Cates, I'd leave him there too. And I think Jay Woodcroft's getting fired, but I don't think they should. And I'm not blaming the amateur scouts, and I'm not even blaming the pro scouts. You, you can't get outworked, and you can't get outthought, if that is a phrase. Like, I really like Evan Bouchard, and I really like Vincent DeHarnay, and I really like Darnell Nurse. But whatever they're doing, whatever style they're playing, whatever they're being deployed doing is out of sight bad. And I like Jay Woodcroft, but he's playing the, the big guns too much. McDavid's hurt, and he's still playing big minutes. You've got to play everybody, and they did that a little bit last night. They were doing well 11 minutes in, and then the puck started going in the net. Stuart Skinner will play well in the National Hockey League again. Right now, this team is um, in World War I. They found that a lot of people who were in, in, at war, they were taking so many shells, they became something called shell-shocked. And that's what happened to Jack Campbell, and he's on waivers today, and that's what is happening to Stuart Skinner. And that's what happened to Laurent Brassois that night against Calgary where Todd McClellan decided he couldn't play anymore. That's, that's what happens. It's not even Stuart Skinner's fault, and at some level it's not Jack Campbell's fault, although you, it's a harder case to make because he, he came here and played poorly. Skinner was a really good goalie last year. And the Oilers have, become, maybe it's because they tried to deploy a different way of playing the game. Maybe they're different now. But if I'm Daryl Cates, I am, I am talking to Jeff Jackson today and Paul Coffey today because those are, those are the guys he hired based on what happened a year ago. I think he was upset about Ken Holland not making a deal around October, November to do something. And if I'm Daryl Cates, the, the paint is coming off the wall right now. And it's not Jeff Jackson's fault, and it's not Paul Coffey's fault, but it is their problem. And Jack Campbell on waivers, fine. You're not going to save that much by calling up Calvin Pickard or Olivier Rodrigue, but at least you're doing something. This is not acceptable. This is wrong-headed. You can't watch that game and go, well, maybe we'll put Jack Campbell on waivers. They're bad. They're beyond bad. And they should be good. They should be beyond good. They should be contending for the Stanley Cup. Why aren't they? I said they were ponderous yesterday, and I think that was kind now today. They, they played brilliantly for 11 minutes, and the goalie did let in two soft goals. But they didn't react like a team. They didn't react like veterans. You can't run around getting mad at players when you're down by that much. Work hard. Win a period. They didn't they used to say, well, we're not going to win the game, but at least we're going to the third period. Apparently that's gone now. The Edmonton Oilers are a very frustrating team. And they should be way better. And I'm sure they're as frustrated as anybody is. But there should be some kind of back-to-basics practice. Do, do, do you do the basics anymore? I'm not talking about a bag skate. I'm just talking about passing the puck one to the other or covering the, the high slot or winning a battle along the wall. You know, I know people are mad at Jay Woodcroft, but I kind of feel bad for him. Because he came to camp thinking his team was going to be one way, and they're another way. And I, I mean, I feel bad for Connor McDavid, too, because he's a champion. He's just not on a champion team. So I don't know what the phrase is, what I'm supposed to say, but I think get it together, man, might be close. 
I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk about this team this way. I, I wrote about the draft every year for exactly one forever. And I did it when I promised hope and I said, this is going to be okay. And, you know, they're building and sure they're making mistakes and they're changing the damn coach every year and the GM every two years, but it'll be fine. And we're still here. So what is it, Daryl Cates? What is it that you're doing that it doesn't work? Because something's happening here. Can you not leave it alone? What? It can't possibly be this bad, and yet it is today. And it is frustrating to watch. I have to say that. It is frustrating to watch the Edmonton Oilers. They can't score goals. They can't stop goals. And when they make a mistake, it is so obvious, Evan Bouchard, Vincent DeHarnay. But it's everybody. It's everybody. They're they're all playing poorly. And they're all going to get the coach fired. And I don't think the coach is at fault. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. So I had a Doug and Mary. Tell them I said hi. Don't tell them I'm grumpy. Puckpedia. Hart has the news on Jack Campbell. If he clears waivers and is sent down, the owners save $1.5 million. If he's replaced by Cal Pickard, the net savings is 388000 If replaced by Rodrigue, the net savings is 375000 This is not acceptable. If you're mad at the Oilers, good. If you're mad at management, good. If you're mad at the coach, I'd like to talk to you. Because I think he's being failed miserably by this team. Just basic stuff, just hard work. Passing the puck. And I'm not, uh, Connor McDavid is not, not 100%. Neither is Mateus Ekholm. But you just got to be better. This is, this is maybe the most frustrated I've been with the Edmonton Oilers like ever. I mean, that's not true. I punched a wall when they traded Mark Messier and I put a hole in it. And I got called all kinds of names, <laughs> names because of it. But if I could, I, I won't because I, I, I love sports 1440. But I feel like punching a hole in the wall, which makes me an immature person. I want you to know that. But that's how I feel today. I'm glad I'm on my blood pressure medicine. That's really helping. Declan, do you have anything you'd like to say? Well, no, I'm a little scared of you right now. You were going off pretty good there. I didn't want to jump in. You know, sometimes I, I, I feel the moment and I hit the mic and I want to get going, but there was no chance I was doing that in that opening segment. No, listen, my thoughts on the Oilers are on a grand scale. I, I just think, and, and I've talked about this before on this show, there's a window. And the window's closing. And there's no performance. There's no accountability. There's no real what looks to be a desire to get it done. And we're going to look back and look at this, this dry sidle McDavid era, this, this Holland era as a grand failure. That's what we're facing right now. And it looks like there's no urgency to try and change that. And it's, it's frustrating, like you said, but I leave this to you and, and I'll leave it with that. 
It's very mature of you. Well, I listen. I know. I know who I'm sitting across from. I know who's talking here. If, the, if this was if I, this was boxing, maybe I'll say something. But when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers, I let Low Tide do the talking. Well, I, you know, like I'm flummoxed. I'm baffled. I'm bamboozled. I'm whatever word bemused. I feel like I could write a Rogers and Hart song right now. I and I bet Ken Holland is too. But the it, the fact that they don't have 23 guys that impacts that Jay Woodcroft can't run his roster the way he normally would. And the fact that the guys that they go to, McDavid, this is how the Oilers made the playoffs in 2017, and it's still the way they're trying to make the playoffs. McDavid, Dreisaitl up front, great goaltending, and then enough defense. In that case, they had Nurse and Sekera uh, and Kleppbaum and Larson and I think it was Matt Benning and Chris Russell. You know, it's not great, but they all work hard, and people got mad at Chris Russell for blocking shots. Hell, I'd like to have him back now. People got mad at Mike Smith who couldn't stop a puck. Would you like Mike Smith back? I think you would. And I, I know we talk about the two eight and one start. I know we talk about the mismanagement of, mismanagement of the cap and that Holland and or excuse me that Woodcroft doesn't have a full roster to play with. And I get all the I get all the issues that are facing us here and now as fans. But I'm looking ahead to what may be or what may not have been in this era. And I'm just sitting here thinking I could not possibly imagine a scenario where we look back in 15, 20 years where McDavid and Dreisaitl, the best player on the world, another heart winner running his second line and playing with him on the power play, another guy who's a top two, three player in the world. I cannot, I could not imagine we're going to look back in 15, 20 years and say this era was such a failure. But that's what we're facing. And I, we've said it before. Okay, it's only 11 games, but it's a pattern now. It's a it's a pattern day in day out by the effort and poor defensive zone play bad pinches no real no real t- work from your top six to put it bluntly and it's it's just it's so frustrating because we're going to look back and say how did we not get get it done and maybe they'll write the ship maybe something will happen and the chips will fall our way but right now it's looking to be a gross mismanagement of fortunes and i can't imagine that we're going to be looking back and saying how did we fumble this 10 15 years down the line it's it's like it was flawed from the beginning. I'll tell you when it started to go downhill was after Connor McDavid was drafted. An hour later, uh, Peter Shirelli made a trade for Griffin Reinhardt. That's when it started to slide. But you always, you always go, well, come on, you know, that can be recovered. And then they bring in, you know, uh, Ken Holland and, you know, he does the same thing only at a lesser scale. And you're like, okay, you know what? This could work. And it's building and it's building and it's building. And and what happened was McDavid and, and Ekholm got hurt. Uh, Connor Brown was not ready at all. And they don't have the depth. They are they are very much a thin roster. It, you know what you know what is I always have songs or moments in movies that hit me. And I, I just I, I'm reminded of. Do you know the movie "It's a Wonderful Life"? Oh, Low Tide! You can't. We could talk about that movie for a whole two okay. hours. Do you know the scene where James Stewart is so upset and he goes, "Where's the money, you silly old fool?" It means bankruptcy and scandal and prison. That's what it means. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. You remember that scene? Incredible scene. Incredible. It, it, and just, he's talking to his uncle in that right, scene for context. Pivotal. And his uncle is a bit of a you know he's he's he bumbles Fredo. And, and, you know, there's that thing where you go, you know, he is in, and it's heartfelt, like, you know, and now he's headed to the bridge and God knows what's going to happen. Thank God for Clarence. So all of that's occurring. That's where the orders are. 
and that's probably Ken Holland talking to, to Jay Woodcroft, but I don't want to go too far with the analogy. The point is, there is a lot going on when a man who loves another man says, where's the money, you stupid old fool? You've reached the edge. You've reached the point where you can't go any farther. And I hope to God almighty the Edmonton Oilers are there. I hope Daryl Cates is throwing furniture right now because that's what he should be doing. This is the the goose that laid the golden egg for Daryl Cates. He got a great arena deal. He had got Connor McDavid landed in his lap. The golden boy. Yes. And if you think they're ever going to get a guy like that again, I've said that when they had Gretzky, you're, it's crazy. So this is going to end in turmoil. It's going to end in Leon Dreisaitl not signing next summer. Who can blame him? And it's going to end in Connor McDavid probably not signing the following summer. Who can blame him? So this this is bleeding in real time. That's what you're watching. And holy hell, somebody should do something to let everybody know who's a fan that they're awake. And guess what? Jack Campbell on waivers is not it. It has to be a little more than that. It has to be a little deeper, and it has to be a little sooner than it appears it's going to come. All right. Full disclosure, I had to get the dog from the haircut place. Great hairdo. I'll tweet it out in a minute. Uh, so I was a little late getting here. So I know who our guests are, and I want to pass that along. Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic, Mike Gantner from The Toronto Sun, and Connor Hood, Sports Director, Sports Info Director of the Golden Bears. What order are they in, and who's next, uh, young man? So Gantner is going to be coming up next. He's going to be joining us at 1240. Mike Adner, the Toronto Sun, he's going to be breaking down the Raptors for us. Then Connor Hood to talk some U of A Golden Bears. The University of L Golden, Golden Bears football team is the best place they've been in, I'm, what has it been now? I mean, well over a decade. Yeah, it has it to be 15 years plus. No. They're playing in the Hardy Cup this Saturday against UBC. UBC beat them twice this season, but it's playoff football. It's Can West football. Everything can happen. He's going to be on a one to break that down. And then, like you said, Daniel Nugent Bowman, all things Oilers, that's going to be a 120. Okay, so we're good. I'm calm now. It's okay. You don't have to call the defib per people. Uh, you're okay. You're not upset anymore. I'm. Not I'm a, pretty upset, but I. Not afraid like, of me, are you? Or no, I'm still afraid of you. I'm pretty upset, but I'll be the first to say my passion for the Oilers is not. It doesn't match yours. So whatever I'm feeling, and you've been around this a lot longer, and you're a lot more in depth than I am. So whatever I'm feeling, you must feel that 10x. So I'm not doing great, but. I just, the, I, do you know how frustrating this must be for fans who like go and, and have been season ticket holders and don't buy mom a new fridge and stove because they buy the tickets and, and they're doing all that stuff. And, and you got, you know, at the very least, give the effort, like work your ass off. That's you, the least you can do. Did you see Evan Bush? Of course you saw. Do you saw his back check there after his pinch? Yeah, no, it's there. Like, you want to talk about effort? What are we doing here? I've seen Bantam kids hustling that. I can't Look, skate backwards, and I would have hustled. He looks like me when it's time to do the dishes. I mean, it was slow, slower, slowest. <laughs> Bad. All right. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's, <laughs> it's the Lowdown with Low Tide. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. I remember when that song first came out and it was a delayed hit. Sometimes that happens in life. Um, the, the one that it was really delayed, I think, was My Girl by Chilliwack. It came out in 78 and was a hit in 81. Same happened to Bohemian Rhapsody. 
but that song was, it took a while to hit, but when it did, it became sort of put Brian Adams on the map. Ballads always do. It's like th- there are, there. let's say there's 25 million Kiss fans in the world, okay? And they all know every song they ever did. There's 45 million who know Beth. That's, that's what happens with ballads because ballads bring everybody in, the ladies, the men, the, the services that play Muzak in shopping malls. It all becomes part of the grand scene. I'm going to kiss this Friday, funny enough. Really? I am. Yeah, they're going to be at Rogers, so I'll have a chance to listen to Beth firsthand. Favorite Hopefully, kiss song? Detroit Rock City. Really? Yeah, and Strutter's number two, probably. Okay, I like these. This is me going way back. I mean, all the songs I hear I like of theirs, you'll never have heard of. I love rock and roll all night. Such a great song. <laughs> I've heard of that one. Yeah. Okay, I love. Um, I was made for loving you, which is a disco yes. song, but I really like it. I was made for loving you, baby. Yeah, no more. Okay, uh, so and I like I like Beth. I like Detroit Rock City. I love Shout It Out Loud. Um, I like Hard Luck Woman. I know a lot of people don't. The lyrics aren't fabulous, but it's a good song, and the the, the vocal is terrific. I think that's Peter Chris, but I don't know. People are after Dustin Schwartz again. I've never understood that. It's like going to the bank and getting mad at the teller for the charges that are going off of your account. The teller is not doing the thing. Dustin Schwartz trying to help. He helped Stuart Skinner to a Calder Trophy nomination a year ago. If Campbell goes to the minors, the oil will only get $1 million in cap relief. They won't really get any at all because Pickard will come up and there'll be a little bit of a saving, but not a lot because... You know, that's the the minimum is like one point one five or something like that. Like that we they, the most of the cap will still be on the Oilers books. One point one five comes off. Where's the love for lick it up, Al? Amazing kiss song. Well, it, please understand. That by 1994, I was listening to Fred Penner with my children. So there, I have gaps because as much as like I love the heavy rock and roll, I'm still back at Machine Head and I'm still back at, you know, physical graffiti and I'm still back at, you know, uh, God, I don't know. Um, the one with um, Who Are You the, by The Who and, well, The Stones I listened to. Um, except I hated that song, that album and that song that was um, Mixed Emotions. That was the nadir or nadir of the Stones, but I still love them. Hopefully whatever or whomever is wrecking our goalies on a consistent basis has gone before Picard is wrecked too. Well, LT, how can you not blame Schwartz? He only has one job, worked with two players, and he failed miserably. Okay, who lets in the goals? Does Dustin Schwartz let in the goal? So all of a sudden now, you know, you've discovered the church of bad goalie coaches and you're going to ask people to worship at it. Goalies are responsible for their own stuff. You take your hide to market. When you go to work today and you don't do the job, it's on you, not your, you know, work coach. You got to perform. People can help, but 
you know, the bottom line is when you go into the game, you have to be good. If you're not, then it's on you. So 338 relief. Yeah, that's right. It's it's 330,000 or something like that. It's not that much. Think we could trade Xavier Perot, uh, Borgo in a third round pick for Jasper Wallstead? I don't think Jasper Wallstead is the guy. But you couldn't do it now. Wallstead's still developing as a player, as is Borgo. I'm praying to every god out there, Campbell gets picked up. It will not happen. Now, he could get traded, but it would be Campbell, the first round pick, and a bunch of other things for something. I'm going to call my boss work coach from now on, from Ronnie. Puckpedia says the autos can fit an extra 820K tomorrow, which means one extra skater in the lineup. Well, sure, but they probably have extra dollars, right? Or they also have uh, an emergency recall. I'm not sure how that would work. I'd have to look at it. Low Low tide Woody isn't on the ice. Yeah, you're right. Due to cap space accrual. Okay, well, there you go. Can Campbell be played by another team? Yes, they, you know, they can. But who's going to claim them? I don't understand the idea. San Jose claims Campbell and he starts and beats the orders. Okay, well, good for him. Craig McTavish is what this team needs right now. He's proven he can take a mediocre, talented team, play a structured team game, and get the team to within one game of the Stanley Cup. With high-end talent like the Oilers have had now, he'll improve the bottom six. He's a proven builder of the bottom six in the lineup. Well, I like Mike T, so I'm not going to argue with you. I think as a coach, he's brilliant. I think he would have been a brilliant GM too, but he didn't do the work. He needed to be the AGM like Iserman. Essentially, we lost Koston, Bugstad, and Yamamoto. Yeah. But you, you weren't going to be able to bring everybody back. It's not like they, they made the... They had to make the move because of Evan Mouchard. When was the last time the Otis had a great two-way center in their top six? Well, I would argue Sean Horkoff, but you all get mad when I do it. And I, and I do think that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is that. Swartz is a goalie killer. Prove me wrong. Well, I don't have to prove you wrong. I can simply disagree with you. And it's all in caps, too. Like, good Lord, people. I'm not 12. I'm not going to respond to that. Dubnik had to leave to get good. Dubnik was a perfect example of what's happening to Stuart Skinner right now. This is so predictable. Look, I'm going to tell you the future. You're mad at Stuart Skinner right now. Stuart Skinner is not playing well. He let in at least two goals last night when it was still in doubt. You don't want him to let in. But go ahead. Trade his ass. Because he'll go to Minnesota or Columbus or wherever, and he'll have a fine career like Devin Dubnik did. Teams that are smart learn from their mistakes. Teams that are dumb do not. How does putting Campbell in the AHL help? Skinner has a worse save percentage. We're doomed. Mark and St. Albert. Well, I think what you have to do, if you're like, I hope they don't fire Jay Woodcroft. They're going to fire Jay Woodcroft. So this is what you want. You want buy-in. And people say, well, they all buy in. No, no, they don't. Because when you buy in, we don't have the video we have today of people not buying in. You know, this team is highly skilled. They can do things, but the work, hmm. 
and part of it is that Matthias Ekholm, when he played with Bouchard a year ago, he covered for a lot of errors. When when McDavid is healthy, you know, there was a game the other night they lost by a goal, and McDavid didn't didn't have a very good night. He was, I think, it was the first game back. He didn't play well, uh, and you know that in a normal time he would have scored twice. Maybe Leon adds one, and it's a laugher. That's not happening right now. And for me, one of the big concerns if I'm Daryl Cates is how frustrated McDavid is. You know, that's his future. And Jeff Jackson was hired, I think, to smooth the road for a, uh, a signing. And, you know, I will say this, as bad as it is, as bad as it is, and it is bad, I told you in the first segment, get a goalie. Goalies are like... Uh, trying to think of something that isn't completely sexist. Okay. Probably still sexist, but I'm going to go with it. So my wife had this black dress and it looked great on her. And no matter how old she was or no matter what we had been doing, whether it was Christmas or she'd been running for 12 miles, she could, if she could get into that dress, she felt good and she looked like a million bucks. That's a goalie. That's a goalie. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you've been drinking, eating, not doing, if you can get into the black dress, not me, but her, then the world is your oyster. That's the Oilers and goaltending. They need Cam Talbot 2016-17. They need Mike Smith when he was here. Hell, man, they need Stuart Skinner last year. The last time the Oilers were this bad was 92-93. The goaltender was Bill Ranford. He had an 884 save percentage. Stuart Skinner today, 856. You know, there's off the pace, and there's, what the hell's that guy doing on the field? That's the Oilers right now. All right. You're going to help me with this because I think I've got it, but I'm just going to run through it one more time. Are you ready? Coming up, Mike Gantner from the Toronto Sun. Followed by Connor Hood. Followed by Daniel Nugent Bowman at 120. That's correct. Woohoo! Nailed it. I'm going to tweet out during this break my dog's new haircut. Ooh. It's very good. And I know I'm late. I know I barely got here, and I know I'm a little befuddled, and I, I admit to being a little grumpy today because I, I've been short for time, and I don't like being, I like to be relaxed so I can go in and belittle you. Didn't get a chance to do that, so I'm off my normal routine. But what I said today was true. The Edmonton Oilers need to be better for you. They need to be better for you, the fan. They owe it to you, the fan, to be better, and that starts today. And you should accept nothing less this is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Sports 1440, it's the Lowdown with Low Tide, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road on Twang Tuesday. Joined now by Mike Gantner from the Toronto Sun. I had originally planned on talking about the Raptors, and we will, but I have to start with Scotty Barnes, who's been borderline like impact and I think outstanding and then even more outstanding uh, in the game against uh, uh, San Antonio. Are we watching a spike in a guy who's already really good at an age where he could be great? Yeah, we are. I mean, I thought it was going to be a little longer than this, but um, they've always, they've always uh, right from draft day, they've thought of him as a franchise player. Um, He 
looked really good in his rookie year, looked sort of off in his second year as he kind of figured out how this league goes and what he has to do to, to, to be impactful in it. And then this year or this summer, he must, I'm not, I still don't know exactly what he did. I know he put on some weight. He got in, uh, he put on some muscle. He got in better condition. And um, I think he worked his butt off this summer because he, uh, he looks every bit like that franchise player they hoped he would be, and probably at a at a point earlier in his career than even the the Raptors could have hoped. So, because because they, you know, the Raptors have been pretty good at at finding solutions, and this is a big piece. Obviously, you need that impact player, yeah. and they have it. But like, and it's a matter of fitting everybody around him. Ananobi seems to be doing pretty well at his position. Um, that's that's big, right? You want to have as many pieces working, and he seems to be doing pretty well. Yeah, I, I think you're understating uh, Ananobi there. He is um, – <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about this guy around the league. He does not get the defensive credit that he deserves. I mean, he is – I mean, we're, we're going we're gonna to spend a lot of time talking about Scotty Barnes, as we should, because he, he's popping right now. But Ananobi's been doing this all of last year, and then he's even he's picked it up again this year. He just locks people down. He does not let them score. He is, and it doesn't matter what size they are. I mean, Wembenyana the other day got twenty against them. Even that was he, he like he's. He, it's just what he does in in holding people or keeping people from scoring is really understated around the league. And uh, I think he is as much as we're going to be ta- we're, we're going to talk about Barnes today, and we're going to be talking about Barnes for the rest of the year. By the end of the year, I think we're going to be talking about OG Ananobi as, as one of the top four or five best defensive players in the game. And uh, like I say, I, I think that gets understated. But yeah, if you can surround Scotty with pieces like that, and I think you're seeing it. You're, you're seeing it with him. Uh, um, Dennis, uh, Dennis Schroeder has been probably better than a lot of people thought. I mean, we saw what he did in the summer playing for Germany. I mean, that's a different game for sure. I mean, that's uh, anybody, just because you can excel on the international scene, it does not necessarily mean that you're going to be able to come back and, and, and that's going to translate in the NBA game. But he's been, I mean, in terms of running this offense, getting people involved, uh, getting the balls, getting the ball in the right hands, he, he has done a masterful job. So I think right now they've got three guys that they're kind of building around. Um, Jakob Pertl might be the fourth guy in that conversation. I'm not sure if he's, I'm not sure how long he'll be around per se. Um, I'm not sure if he fits with this group. And then uh, the wild card is Siakam. We, we, we still don't know if he fits at all or whether this is just a holding pattern and they're just trying or they're just waiting until they can move them for uh, for something that they need. I was going to ask you about Siakam, and also I guess Trent mm-hmm. a little bit, just because they're they're you know they're yeah. needed. They they there are struggles, there are also signs. I don't want to be completely negative, but as you say, it's a fit and maybe maybe not a long term one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I don't like him and Scotty seem to operate in the same space. Like they they do a lot of the same things. Um, Siakam is a guy who needs the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, to be to to be effective. Don't get me wrong. He's a very like he's he's an elite NBA player. He's the only one on this roster who's got all all NBA honors. Um, and he'll be he'll be good in this league if he goes somewhere else for sure. Uh, that that's not going to surprise me at all. It's just I don't think he um, the way they've pivoted now with Scotty as the franchise as the face as the guy who's running the show. 
I'm not sure there is a fit there with Siakam. And uh, I, I think it's just a matter of can they get value for him now because, I mean, Scotty being as good as he's been has probably hurt Siakam's value <laughs> in the short term. So it's, uh, you know, it's good on one hand and bad on the other. How has Darko been? Like, I know it's early. I get it. I yep. understand it. But how has he been, in your opinion? Uh, really good. He's, he's a, I mean, the biggest thing he could be and the best thing he is, the thing he's best at is being that fresh face. He's a po- he's a positive guy. I mean, I don't want to crap on, uh, on, uh, on Nick Nurse, but he, towards the end of his tenure, he became a little more negative and it was wearing on some people, Scotty being one of those people. And I mean, when your franchise player is, is being worn down, that's not a good thing. So that's probably part of the reason that uh, that the two uh, that the Raptors parted ways with Nick. But I mean, Darko comes in; he's a teacher. He's very positive. Um, the other great positive he brings is he and uh, he and Dennis Schroeder have a uh, an existing relationship back to their days in Oklahoma City, and they they see the game the same way. And um, I guess he's not afraid to give Dennis the platform that he's never really had anywhere else in his ten years. In, in the NBA, and uh, that's working out well for the Raptors, and that's working out well for Dennis. So, uh, yeah, Darko, uh, Darko's been a, uh, a revelation. Um, I'm not ready to say that he's a great NBA coach. I don't know that yet. I think he's a great developer. I think he's a very positive man, and I think right now he's really, really good for this team. Ordinarily, in, in any sport that we cover that I talk about, I would talk about a coach – you know, being too too long at the fair. Mike Gander, our guest from Toronto Sun, too long at the fair, been there too long. The NBA is a little bit of a different animal, though, where where things are are uh, th- there's more control sometimes for the individual than maybe there is in other sports. Do you think Nick Nurse was too long at the fair? Or do you think that he just felt like the opportunity for him to take advantage of his fame and his reputation was now? Um, I'm not sure if it's the latter. Uh, I I guess how I'd answer that, I'd say. I think Nick was at a point where he he thought he deserved a bigger say in how things were run in terms of personnel, who was brought in, who was going to be brought in. And I'm not sure he was getting that from Masai. And, I mean, I, I see his point. I mean, the man won a championship, and uh, he he is. He's, he's an extremely, extremely talented coach. His, his systems are... Uh, demanding and very intricate and tough to learn but when they when you do learn them they work and uh i think he 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 and Masai i think clashed over what kind of people were being brought in um and you saw it in, in the way he in the way he deployed his bench last year i mean he didn't think any of his bench players were any good and uh, he basically ran his starters into the ground, thinking that was the only way he could win. Now that's that's a bit of a stubborn route to take, but um, it's one he chose. And like I said, I think that was the beginning of the end for that relationship between Masai and him. Um, so yeah, um, he's, he he might be one of those guys who has a shelf life wherever he goes, because he's always going to be demanding more of his of his general manager and and of his, his president and of the team above him the management side and uh we'll we'll see how long he lasts in Philadelphia I don't uh, I don't think it's going to be a long marriage but having said that I do believe Nick Nurse is a good coach it's just you've got to be willing to uh to give up 
to give him quite a bit of power for him to uh, to, to work out long term. There are a bunch of teams uh, in seventh tied at three four, um, three wins, four losses. Uh, Raptors being among them. I think that's about right for expectation. Is that fair? Middle of the pack, yeah, but yeah, playoff I team. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, th- th- this team's not built to win this year. Like I said, I mean, Scotty Popping does change things a little bit. And again, we're we're basing this all off of you know some seven seven games. So really. I mean, it might be a little premature on all of our parts, but I do believe it's there and it's it's going to continue. And um, but I, I I don't see them, you know, all of a sudden jumping up into the uh, you know top five in the East. I think those five are certainly well are probably locked down. And uh, so Toronto, you know, they'll be they'll finish somewhere seventh or eighth, maybe ninth, tenth, depending on some injuries. But yeah, we're about where where they're supposed to be. I think this is this really is about developing this year and figuring out which pieces are going to work going forward and what you're going to have to do. I mean, Masai's all about it's like it's championships, right? I mean, he wants to win a championship, and if he has to sacrifice an entire year to figure out, you know, what he needs and where to 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 build around Scotty, because this team is not built like for Scotty Barnes yet. It will be rather soon, but right now it's not. So I think this is one of those years where you're just going to say, okay, let's let's win as many games as we can. But yeah, championships probably they're, they're not they're not in that upper echelon yet. Mike, thanks for this. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care. All right, Mike Gantner, Toronto Sun, talking Raptors. You know, you're in, you're out. They're one of the most interesting teams in Canada. They just are, and I think that uh, sometimes it's overlooked. Sometimes we get away from it. Oftentimes, I check them out at the beginning of the year, and then if something like the San Antonio overtime victory thriller uh, reaches a certain level of the event horizon, I notice them, and then around Christmas, I check in with everybody and see how my 76ers are off to a 5-1 and one start. They lost the first game and then won five in a row, and the Celtics won the first five games and then just lost their last game. So the Eastern uh, Conference is going to be interesting this year. Who are you a fan of? The Timberwolves? I can't remember. No, Miami Heat. Jimmy oh, yeah. Butler, baby. Yeah. I would do anything for Jimmy Butler. And how did they finish last year? I can't remember. Did they win the championship? Are you ribbing me? Oh, I don't think they did. Oh, oh my goodness. I can't listen to this. I'm going to go bl- so I'm going to go nuclear. I can't sorry. do this. Sorry. I feel badly for bringing that up. No, I can't do. I'll go ballistic. Who, who did they lose to again? I can't remember. It was a, a was it the you know, it was the Minot Specials or um wasn't a very good team, as I recall. They should have won. I remember that. You know what? I will say, if you're going to lose the NBA Finals, jump in quickly. Why not? If you're going to lose the NBA Finals, to do it to someone who looks like they're on a historic trajectory in Nikola Jokic, I can live with that. Like, you got beat by the better team, and you got beat by the best player on the court, and you sometimes you have to live with that. You don't want it to happen, but sometimes you got to tip your cap and say, this guy's generational. It is what it is. The only thing I'll say is I, I baited you, and I, I'm not sorry, but I think you've nailed it. I think the, that, you know, I watched the Nuggets for, like, I didn't watch them. I just paid attention to them, and I never thought they'd win one blasted thing. So for him to be able to g- drag that roster, and it's like, it's a good roster, I get that. But they they outran themselves and their history and what their place in society was to win it. And Miami damn near caught them anyway. 
ever do that again. Okay, Frank Saravalli sounds says sounds like the Oilers' uh, plan is to recall Calvin Pickard from the AHL. Pickard has a 939 save percentage in Bakersfield. 116 games of NHL experience. The other guy they could call up and are not likely to is Olivier Rodrigue. So Campbell's going to go down to the American League, maybe refine his game. You know, this it's it's not a terrible thing. I just think this team needs more. And maybe more is going to be all the players saying, well, God, we got a guy from the AHL. We better, you know, smarten up and fly right here. And maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know. I had, do not have the answers, but I got a lot of questions just like you do. We'd be better with Tyson Berry than Bouchard. Bouchard's still a young player. I really like him a lot. He did not play well last night. What would it cost the Otis to acquire UC Soros? I don't think Nashville would trade him. Why would they? You know, Nashville's trying to make playoffs too. They got a better chance than the Oilers. Spinner says, low tide, what started out as the decade of darkness has quickly become the century of shame. Whoa. Well done. I like that. I mean, I don't like it, but I like the the, the verbal on it. Connor Hood is generally going to join us next. Uh, sports info director of the Golden Bears football team. The program has been up and down and is up now in a big way. And we'll also ju- be joined by Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic in hour number two. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Time for a sports update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your top of the hour sports 1440 update, Edmonton Oilers news. The Edmonton Oilers have waived goaltender Jack Campbell for the purpose of reassignment. Campbell is 1-4 with a 4.5 GAA and an 873 save percentage this season. And in his four losses, he has posted a 5.5 GAA with an 832 save percentage. If he clears and is sent down, the Oilers will save $1.5 million in cap space. If Pickard is called up, they will save $388,000 in cap space. More in the NHL, 10 games tonight. The Lightning versus the Canadians and the Sabres versus the Hurricanes kick off the action. Those both go at 5 p.m. Carson Wentz is signing with the Los Angeles Rams, according to Adam Schefter and other sources. And Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray will make his season debut Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, coach Jonathan Gannon told reporters today. Joshua Dobbs will start the team's Week 10 game for the Minnesota Vikings against the New Orleans Saints, Coach Kevin O'Connell said. Sean Mannion will be the likeliest backup after rookie Jaron Hall is still in concussion protocol following last week's game. Just two games in the AJHL tonight. It's Whitecourt and Camrose and Brooks in Grand Prairie. Puck drop for both of those games is at 7 p.m. You can watch both of those on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.